Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you're keeping well on this first week of April and you're having a great start to this new month. Um, welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health. For those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight and learn about their body and how it works. I am Shemaine Linney. I am a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert. I'm very happy to have you back with me this week for another podcast. And we're kind of continuing the trend of looking at weight loss and how weight loss works, especially coming up to summer, because I've found that April is always the month where people are like, oh shit, I better get my act together, summer will be here soon. It's always April for some reason. It's like people are kind of winding down January, February, March after Christmas and finding their groove again. And then as soon as April hits, it's crazy. Everyone's like, go, 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 let's do this. So um, continuing with the trend of the last few weeks podcasts, this week we're looking at hormones and body shape Before we go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcasts should not be taken as medical advice and should be used for informational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So, moving on. Hormones and body shape. Wouldn't it be nice if there were a way to look in the mirror and have a clue of your individual needs and which diet may be right for you? Well, to a degree, you can. So we've all heard of apples and pear shapes. Um, These terms are referenced to different fat storage patterns on someone's body. So apples tend to store fat in their belly or midsection while pears store it lower down around the hips and thighs and butt. Um, There are also other types of fat storage. Some people tend to have large fat deposits on their sides, below their armpits um, and on the back of their arms, whereas other people can store fat as love handles and then others store it more in just the front of their tummy. Um, There's others that store in backs of their legs or the sides of their hips and then still others that store fat mostly in their upper back. And then, of course, and I know my clients, there are people that will say, well, I just have it all over. There is no real pattern. It's just everywhere. So most likely you already know where you tend to store fat. Um, But we're going to look at what is responsible for this site-specific fat storage because hormones not only tell the body how to use the fuel that it takes in but also um, they can tell us what may be playing a role in where that fat is stored. This obviously is a complicated and controversial matter and I remind you not to think of hormones in an all-or-nothing fashion. Uh, hormones behave differently depending on their ratios with other hormones. So I talk about this when we look at the sex hormones and the menstrual cycle, your ratio of progesterone to estrogen. Um, So 
We know the ratio is important. This is why labeling one point on the body with a particular hormone may not be the best approach. For example, testosterone is largely regarded as a hormone that reduces fat storage around the middle. In men, it may actually increase belly fat in women when too high. And this is where we see insulin resistance and PCOS. So that is kind of a trait there is that rounder belly in higher testosterone in women. So in men, it can help reduce fat. And there's obviously exceptions with some females. But it may, in a lot of females, increase belly fat when too high. We can also see it this in action when we look at the transgender population females undergoing hormone therapy to become more male they take large doses of testosterone and with this we'll see their breasts shrink and become more flat like pecs but we'll also see their arms and their legs tighten up and i know my clients i know there's one or two of my clients say well give me some of that if it's going to get rid of my bingo wings well, this has to do with testosterone's relationship to estrogen and progesterone and not just testosterone alone. So that's those ratios, testosterone ratios to estrogen and progesterone. And of course, insulin plays a part in that too. And then we look at a man who begins to develop man boobs, as they're called, um, this could signify low testosterone, but also too much estrogen. Um, and some men could also be dealing with a higher level of prolactin or may have some sort of hypothyroid going on as well. So not understanding how all these hormones can impact that one area, the pecs, may leave people confused. So it's not enough to know how one hormone acts by itself, but you also have to look at that ripple effect, know how it interacts with other hormones um, to try and pinpoint the issue. So despite the complexity of hormones, there are some generalities that can be made and these can be observed by body shape and where on the body fat is stored. These observations come from experience and clinical work and measuring hormones and observing fat storage patterns and what works for one body shape and not for another. So again, um, it is a complicated and controversial matter. So take caution and not take this all as all or nothing. So when we look at insulin and cortisol levels in higher amounts we see they correlate with fat accumulation in the middle of the body so around the tummy fat storage in the lower body and i'm working from uh, clinical experience and my experience with all my clients fat storage in the lower body may signal um in some, decreased levels of insulin and cortisol, but higher levels of estrogen and a progesterone imbalance there too. Um, so this is where we, if we look at estrogen dominance, we can see a lot of these women will have bigger hips and thighs and legs generally because of that um, excess estrogen and 
in a lot of cases, a lower progesterone instance. Now, fat deposits on the back of the arms, people love to hear this, on the back of the arms or legs, um, that can signal a reduction in growth hormone and testosterone. Um, so if you look at men, these areas tend to be very lean in men or those using anabolic steroids or those transitioning, like I said, female to male trans transgenders. Whereas fat storage in the breasts and hip may speak more to the influence of um, estrogen and progesterone there as well. So that's that estrogen dominance too. So when we look at food and hormones, hopefully you're beginning to kind of see a pattern with what's going on in your body. We each have a unique hormonal makeup. Some of us have higher insulin and lower catecholamine influences or sensitivity. So catecholamines being stress hormones, both good and bad, that get released from all over the body. Um, some of us are more estrogen dominant. Some of us have higher testosterone, but there's a couple um, of unique features um, that we can look at that affect hormone in regards to food and other environmental factors. So there was a study published in the 2007 May 16th issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association. Um, and that shows what we kind of have always known is that people are individual and they respond differently to diets based on their individualities. Um, so this study confirms the determining factor for the success or failure with a diet um, and its hormonal responses in the body. Um, so the goal of this study was to use two diets that affected insulin differently and observe performance in people with varying insulin responses. So this study, the diets they used um, were a low-carbohydrate diet, so that was 40% carbs and 35% fat, and the other was a low-fat diet, which was 55% carbs and 20% fat. In the study, those apple-shaped people, so those people who store fat primarily around the tummy, where compared to pear-shaped people, so people who tend to store fat in the hips and thighs. What they found was that apple-shaped people secrete more insulin after meals and pear-shaped secreted less. The apples lost more weight on a low-carbohydrate diet and maintained that weight for 18 months or more. Um, and if you've listened to me speak about maintenance before, we usually see maintenance happen when someone can maintain their weight for 1.5 years. They're usually going to keep that in and around that set point then for the rest of their life unless they decide to lose more weight. Um, back to the study, though. The pears lost weight on both diets as long as the calories were reduced. Pairs lost weight more slowly and tended to regain weight more quickly. So I'm saying this a little bit slower so that some of my clients can kind of get this and soak this information in. 
Because what this study shows is that body shape and hormonal influence play a role in response to dietary interventions. So looking at that a bit more, that study indicates that not only calories matter for weight loss, but we must understand our individual nature and act accordingly to that. So the shape of the body provides kind of an indirect insight into the hormonal situation we may find ourselves in. So apple types who are strong insulin secretors should avoid foods that cause large spikes in insulin. I teach a lot about spikes and dips in insulin with my HEDA guide and with my private clients. So if you're a client, you'll get a lot of this kind of lingo or jargon. Um, the natural tendency to produce excess insulin or an insulin spike in response to a meal, um, along with a higher insulin level in the body, is a recipe for fat gain. What that means is if you already have higher levels of insulin in your body, if you're already insulin resistant, and then you're adding in foods that cause big insulin spikes as well, and especially if you're doing that regularly, like four, five, six meals a day, that is a recipe for fat gain. So your attention there, if you have an apple type body, is improving insulin um, resistance and then avoid those foods that cause large insulin spikes. So kind of look at the glycemic index there for some indications on what foods would be best for you. Um, whereas pears are less insulin responsive and are less affected by changes in carbohydrates or specific types of carbohydrates. Instead, they should focus on lifestyle changes that address their unique hormonal makeup so what that means is excess storage of fat in the lower body may be a result of estrogen and growth hormone imbalance. So this can also be reflective in the thyroid. Avoiding exogenous estrogen sources like birth control, plastic, soy, milk, um, and some types of coffee, like I'm going to say crappy coffee, um, could be beneficial for these shapes of people. So um, I'm a big coffee advocate, so I'm going to specify crappy coffee there because I know not all coffee is created e equally. Um, so these pear-shaped people as well, they may also want to kind of combine these changes with changes in exercise as well. So pear-shaped people would benefit more by moving towards more um, high, higher intensity kind of weightlifting and resistance training to get more human growth hormone production. Um, making these sub subtle shifts could be the thing to finally get their calorie control diet to start kind of delivering the results that they feel they needed or deserved. Um, other areas to address are, of course, high cortisol and the ratios of progesterone and estrogen. So excess cortisol, when you look at someone, it can be categorized by a round face and a round stomach, along with kind of a puffy 
appearance all the time. So someone looking kind of swollen or puffy or bloated. Now as cortisol rises, you got that cortisol steal happening and progesterone falls. And women can begin to develop more fat around their belly at this stage. And this is where if we look at women going through menopause, we'll see their butt becomes their belly. So they lose their butt, but they gain this belly. The stressors on the body change, the progesterone falls, and then the estrogen is still high. So that ratio is still high. So it changes the physical appearance of the body. So if you're in this state, well, you've got a lot of cortisol and you're seeing irregularities with your period, a lot of PMS, or you're in perimenopause or even in menopause, um, working to lower your stress um, by using kind of cortisol lowering techniques, walking in nature, go for a hike, yoga, tai chi, meditation, hot baths with some lavender and essential, other essential oils, read a book, light a candle, get rid of your kids for a few hours. Um, all of these could be will be, not could be, will be very helpful, along with some sort of, um, I like resistance training, but I encourage you to find what type of resistance training you like. If someone already has high stress, I'm going to um, err on the side of caution with high intensity, um, any sort of high intensity training really, because their body is already in a st stress state. Um, so if you then know that you have not only issues with stress, but issues with your thyroid too, uh, we're kind of looking for your body to give us some signals there. So again, we're looking at your body, we're looking for swelling in the neck, fat deposits under the armpits can signify thyroid issues. You got your thinning hair, hair loss, brittle nails, um, fatigue, poor circulation, calls hands and feet. So a strategy that addresses um, the root cause of the thyroid dysfunction um, can generally start yielding results and at that, we look more at biohacking, we look at nutrition, we look at the whole environment, internal and external, your stress management, your dense nutrition, your micronutrients, we look at malnutrition, we look at uh, supplements, we look at toxic exposure. So where are you getting exposed to mercury, fluoride, any other chemicals that we don't want um, attacking your body? And of course, sleep and bowel movements are super important there but again when we're looking at the physical appearance we're looking at that swelling of the neck the fat deposits under the arms your hair brittle nails and general kind of fatigue pasty gray look to your skin now the back of the arms and upper chest are a window into the testosterone to estrogen ratio 
um, especially in men. As men begin to develop fat deposits around their pecs, it can be a sign that their testosterone levels are falling and their estrogen levels are rising. So as stated before, this can be due to other hormonal influences like the thyroid um, and per kind of a poor diet let's be honest a poor diet so in here heavy weight training and a good quality protein can kind of support and help reverse this trend obviously consistent is important here um, also using some aromatase inhibiting herbs and supplements um, so that can help the testosterone and estrogen conversion work a lot better um, then Again, looking at the back of the arms, women with loose or sagging kind of bingo wings or triceps, they may be lacking or suffering from a lack of testosterone relative to human growth hormone. And this is where I like the combination of fasting and weight training and a good nutritional protocol. Um, but these kind of sagging backs of the arms can also have a connection to thyroid and stress or cortisol issues. Um, to help reverse this, women, they must make heavy weight training a priority. So this will help build muscle and tighten the arms, but also this will help with the hormonal actions too within the body. So you're sending different signals to your body. So as you can see, when you're dealing with the hormonal influences on the body, it's best to view hormones in the context of everything, of the whole system, of the full hormone um, and how they hormone panel and how they interact. Um, it's also useful to work with someone who will recognize and help you recognize um, other clinical signs or that symptom picture that can come along with hormonal dysfunctions. Um, so again around face and fat storage in the upper back and neck with less muscle mass or flabby body suggests issues with cortisol. Of course cortisol is going to affect your thyroid so you got that thin hair, brittle nails, constipation, fatigue, fat storage around the neck, under the arms and triceps so that then connects you to the thyroid. Then of course your blood labs can be very helpful to coincide with a symptom picture um, but it's important to realize that by the time labs show any dysfunction you already have an issue so there's already an issue there so I know there's a lot to take in in this podcast I would encourage you to replay it again have a close listen, narrow down what kind of body shape you feel you are, recognize where you're holding most of your fat deposits, and then kind of look back to what I said about what hormones usually are a driving factor behind that. And then at the end of this podcast, what are kind of the best techniques to kind of approach a hormonal issue like that. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to me um, through my website or 
on Facebook. I match Maine's Model Health on both. Ask me any questions, I'll be happy to answer. Um, please do share with anyone you feel may benefit. I'm sorry this podcast is a little bit longer, but when we look at hormones, it always takes a bit of time to try have some understanding. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll chat to you again this time next week. Okay, bye-bye.